Thank you so much for coming in here today's uh, reading. Uh, I really enjoy reading the our gratitude for reading Galatians. We're at chapter 4, I believe. Five. Well, Anna says 5. So welcome and, and happy day to all of you out there that are listening. May the Lord hold you and keep you and put his arms around you and fix you up. Fix you up with his presence and his love. Love conquers a multitude of situations. So even our finances. Do you believe that? Amen. So we just want to thank God for his word. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart open to receive your precious word as a seed, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us of all our sins, anything that is not in conjunction with your word. Lord, we just ask you to bring it to our attention, Lord. And we thank you for being a daddy, being a very good daddy and giving us so much things we're grateful for and and carrying us in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And now the reading of... Chapter 5 of Galatians. So Christ has really set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make your right with God, then Christ cannot help you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey all the regulations in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to you, promised to us who are right with God through faith. Let me read that again. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly await to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. Beautiful. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were getting along so well. Who has interfere with you to hold you back from following the truth it certainly isn't god for he is the one who called you to freedom but it takes only one strong person among you to infect all the others a little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough i am trusting the lord to bring you back to believing as i do because these things god would judge the that person whoever it is who has been troubling and confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why should the Jews persecute me? The fact that I am still being persecuted proves that I am still preaching salvation through the cross of Christ alone. I only wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate your body by circumcision would mutilate themselves. (laughs) 
For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> go ahead, Anna. Go ahead, read. Okay. But instead? But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you become consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faith Oops, I'm sorry. Um, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay? Then we have six. Do you want to stop here? All right, let's go ahead. Uh, let me read the commentary on the uh, New Living Testament. It says right here, The Galatians face the same basic choice that all of us face. Should we choose a life of power and freedom in Christ or a life of slavery through useless solutions? If we make a bad choice, we risk being cut off from the del deliverance available to God's people. There is no deliverance from the power of sin except through Christ and his powerful presence in our lives. In Galatians 16 to 21, as we take responsibility for our lives, we must also take responsibility for obeying the Holy Spirit's instructions. Then, as we continue the, the process of spiritual renewal, God's Spirit will begin to produce fruit in our lives. The Apostle Paul explained it in this way. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. 
These two forces are constantly fighting each other, and your choice is never free from this conflict. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit doesn't instantly appear on trees as trees grow and receive and pass. Fruit slowly develops in a similar way as we continue to accept our responsibilities to obey the Holy Spirit. Good spiritual fruit will begin to appear in our lives. Our primary responsibility is to stay connected to God. It is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to produce good fruit in us. Beautiful, wonderful reading of the chapter 5 of Galatians. And for me, is I really enjoy the fact is that, that we are patient and let the Word work. Just, just like three months, we're reading right now, but for right now, what we do is we have slogans. Easy does it. Don't take your life too seriously. Uh, there are no big deals. Uh, live and let live, but for the grace of God. Easy does it. Think, think, think. This too shall pass. More will be revealed. Keep coming back. Uh, and the one my favorite is, I thank God I'm a misfit. This way I am not connected from the source of life. I am connected to the source of life. And I believe all God hears is say, I thank you, God. He doesn't hear the misfit part. It's Really, it's my reality that I'm, I'm trying and keep trying what works in life. Drinking and drugging didn't work. Uh, slavery to uh, burning candles and all that stuff, I can look back and didn't work. What worked is helping others and talking to God on a one-on-one basis, having a personal contact with God. I'm going to turn it over to Anna. I wanted to say these things because... Uh, so they won't leave me so quickly. <laughs> Here you go, Anna. Okay, so uh, one of the things that um, at the beginning, you know, that we as Christians need to remember to st- at the very beginning, this is something we need to do. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom that Christ has given us. Okay, um, and be real careful. You know, as Paul wrote in here. Um, you be careful about people trying to lead you into another direction and persuade you to go in that direction by the law. You want to stand firm that Christ has, you know, whom the Son sets free has freed you indeed. So you're free and um, don't go back to that bondage of the law. Okay, because remember, when you break one law, you break them all. You can't possibly meet all those commandments. You just can't. You have to... You have to stand firm on the finished work of Jesus and what he did for us. And um, any other way, you're going to become uh, a slave to sin again because you're trying to do the commandments on your own strength. With Jesus, you don't have to do it on your own strength, your own self-works, your own self-righteous um, efforts. You are forgiven if you receive Christ into your heart and believe. And remember, it said here in... In the book of Galatians, the way it's done, um, for we we through the Spirit eagerly wait 
for the hope of righteousness by faith. Okay. And and six, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails nothing. It's by faith through love. Okay. That we attain our righteousness. We, you know, we go back to Abraham and what it said earlier in the earlier chapters that Abraham believed and therefore he was accounted to being righteous. That's before the law even happened. He just believed. So you believe by faith that you have, uh, Jesus is, is, is love. You know, Jesus has already provided this righteousness to you because he, he took every stripe on his back that our transgressions would be removed. So, you know, it's by faith, something we can't see, but we receive the love of God and our inheritance through the cross. We consent to being a blessed people. So, um, anything, anything beyond that is not going to, you know, you're going to, as the scripture said, you're going to estrange yourself from Christ, um, trying to meet the law on your own. It'll profit you nothing. And um, just receive, believe you receive by faith this wonderful love that belongs to you. And not just that, you inherit so many other things. You inherit the favor of God when you go to apply for a job or maybe you're trying to buy a new home or, you know, maybe it's just people want to be good to you. They just see something in you and they just fall over and want to want to help you you know because they they you got the favor of God surrounding you and um you know Jesus did it, he came to fulfill the law it doesn't go away but Jesus is now what fulfills the law which is love so um just we we must and we just we got to Camp out there. Camp out under the cross. It's done. It's finished. Um, you know, I receive by faith my inheritance, the blessings that come along with, with Jesus' finished work. You know, um, and it just, you know, it kind of puts it to rest in here somewhere. It said something about, um, in number 13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty only. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, be lest you consumed by one another. Now, the one thing that we have, I'm just, what I read there was that, you know, just because Jesus fulfilled the law by his love, that doesn't give you a license to go out and do all these crazy things. Sin. Walk by your flesh. You have to walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Let your actions show that you are a believer in Christ. And loving others as, as you love yourself. Okay? So, when I look at this and it talks about all the works of the flesh... You know, uh, the adultery, the fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. Uh, there in mention 19, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. Um, you know, it says here, I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so... 
pay attention to what that says. You won't inherit the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom? I have eternal life. Um, what is the kingdom? I have my healing. The kingdom has come and God's will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. You may fall into some of this stuff, but you know what? You're not going to reap the goodness of God. Uh, all the good things that Jesus brought at the cross, the joy, the peace, you will not be in peace operating and practicing these things. You will not have um, uh, the joy walking on this earth. You, you'll get caught up in the ways of the world, how they do it. This is how they, they you know, hey, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. Um, you know, I can, you know, do these things no there are consequences to the things that happen there when we sin there are consequences when we're not listening to the holy spirit and we go in another direction um on our own um flesh so think about that you know always ask when you're weak the scripture says he is strong so what what you should do is just um, relax and ask God, God, Hey Lord, I'm struggling with this today. I need your help. I need, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need your courage. Provide that for me. You know, don't let me fall into these temptations because there is sin to these things. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, Christ has forgiven us of, of all our sins, past, present, future, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be tempted. The scripture says, Resist the enemy and he'll flee. You, how do you do that? You use the word of God, you know, and you stay camped out under our righteousness by faith through love, you know, and, I, and, and make a choice. I'm going to walk in that because the blessings are so um, unlimited. They're so abundant that it just, you know, that, that's just the best place to be um, than to operate in the ways the world thinks is we should operate. So anyways, um, and Fernando, you already went over the fruits of the Spirit that they do take time. We are going to make mistakes. There may be one in here that, that plagues us that we need to ask, surrender that to God and say, Lord, give me the capacity to be um, long-suffering with people. Give me the capacity to be compassionate with people. Give me the joy. I don't, you know, I don't know how to get that right now whenever you're going through something. Anyways. There, there it is. Wow, thank you very much. I, uh, whoo, talk about being under the Spirit. You know how it mentions uh, the Holy Spirit? I really enjoy the, uh, in the chap second chapter of Galatians, Jesus, uh, uh, Paul says, is Jesus Christ in me that does the work? Right. The Spirit right. of Christ is in me now, and he, and he comes out and enjoys his creation through me. You know, so uh, I try not, not to get in the way and see what God has entailed for others. And as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, I I don't need to feed, feed my sinful nature. My okay. sinful nature could be uh, TikTok uh, for now, you know, not necessarily going, going into the bars, but watching too much destructive behavior on YouTube or TikTok. And take that to bed in my spirit. Mm -hmm. When I should be using constructive behavior in praising God and, and keep learning and developing in the spirit. That's my moral Christ-given instincts of doing the right thing. Uh, 
You know, we can starve it. It says we can starve our sinful nature to death. <laughs> our sinful nature will beat us until we're, we're, we're gone to heaven. But one thing we can, we can avoid it is by, uh, by acknowledging it. You see, whatever we resist, it overtakes us. So if we're resisting temptation and, and trying to change our attitudes and it hasn't been working for years, why don't we try a new way? And say, I thank you, God, for my shame. I thank you, God, for my uh, my habits. I thank you. And then you go yes. through a period of rest where you're not combating, but God is combating Amen. the problem for you. So you stay, keep at it till till the power and the strength because acknowledging God comes. You know, I see it so easily that uh, God opens up. We we hook up to the spiritual side of the nature of God, Christ, when we say, I thank you, Jesus, for the situation that eating my lunch or I am letting it eat my lunch or I am feeding my lunch to this disease, which is this other nature that I have. Amen. That's I'm belittling the point. Belaboring. Be, uh, so I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me. And so glad You're to welcome. see that you are a joy. fired up in the spirit because she is <laughs> like she's a PhD, folks. <laughs> we have gotten our twenty far far from it, but we gotten in our ten years. So we we have we have a master degree in uh, in this. And then another 10 years on top of that, then we can get them. I'm kidding. I love you guys until we see you again. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. The Lord be upon you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. May the will of the Lord take place here in our Bible study today. We're reading Galatians chapter four. Fernando and Anna are here. Anna and Fernando, I should say. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us your presence in the midst of us, Lord God. Be our supervisor. Be our teacher. Lord, all power belongs unto our master. All power belongs unto you, Lord, our friend. All power belongs unto our master, our teacher. Thank you, Father, for sending your Holy Spirit and intriguing us with your word. In Jesus' name, in your mighty name, we pray and ask. Amen. All right, chapter one. I'll I'll read the first half, and then Anna will read the second half. What I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your, our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved 
by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As I know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all of your your joy? Huh. (laughs) I can testify that. If you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I not become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous to provide the purpose is good, provided that purpose is good, and to be so always and not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Amen. Um, Go ahead, Anna, please. Um, Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it's written that Abraham Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he was of the bondwoman, was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through the promise, which things are symbolic. For for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. About, no, but the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it's written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, these persecuted the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Even so, it is now, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen. Amen. Well, as a gentleman, I'm going to give Anna the first shot at her reflection. Maybe we might have to go from verse to verse or from content to content to thought through thought, because he's got about three or four different thought patterns from air to Galatians falling away, and then back to Sarah and Hagar, and the principles that are many. So here's Anna. 
case. Do you want me to go back to when you read? Or no, what, what, you're, what, what you read. Because okay, there's a really important part in what you read. After you. Okay. See um, what I go through? <laughs> okay, Lord. Um, and then what would you have the people say? Or me say the people here. Let's see. What stood out the most? Well, um... There's the the bond the bond woman and the free woman. What, what they emphasize here in these um, two covenants. Uh, so there are two covenants: one by the bond woman who was born out of the flesh, and the free the free woman who was born from the promise that was given to Abraham. So they here it's basically saying that the bond woman was under the law. And then the free woman was for the new covenant. Okay, so that's where we, we, we camp on the free. We're, we are free in the, in the second Amen. covenant Amen. that Jesus uh, brought on the cross. Uh, one is from Mount Sinai where the commandments were given. Um, and let's see... Amen. I'm going to interject to put it in a nutshell for us. Anna kind of opened up that thought pattern that uh, we have two, maybe uh, two types of people that uh, Paul is referring to. Born again people and the joy that they lost. You you ever sell somebody something and say, look, do this and everything will go well. Eat this kind of food and it's going to be good for you. And you come back and you check on them and their and their life is in trouble. And you say, hey, man, didn't I tell you, you you're to, to eat more vegetables and go on a vegetarian at least for three months to give your body a, a break from processed foods? It's the same thing here. What Paul is telling the people have stayed away from Jesus and praising him in a simple way the love that Jesus has given them and they've gone back, which I've done too and you probably have, gone back to tradition and started going back to uh, praying to angels, uh, living in the Old Testament, uh, comparing Old Scripture with your life, which is, uh, we are not that category anymore. We're the, cate- we're the category of the born again of the free freedom. So, and other people are always trying to put Lord power over us, you know, the, by using the scripture to put guilt on us, hold us in condemnation so they can get their 10%. I'm going in really broad, and I hope I don't uh, confuse any of you, but the, full, the scriptures were full of Jesus coming to today's at the at the fullness of time was come when yes. when there was peace with the Romans, there was peace, there was no fighting. So Jesus has the opportunity to come in and there was three languages uh, available, Latin, Greek and Hebrew, for him to proclaim his name. So uh God has has it all under control. That's what I'm Amen. saying right now. Yes, yes. You know, we're just to praise and thank Jesus, turn it over to Jesus. And, and live on that joy and the peace. And Paul was astonished that they, the joy and the peace had left the people. They were zealous because uh, the scripture says, if you put your hope on man, it's your curse. 
if you put your hope on a man, a preacher, yeah. more than the word of God on what he's saying, it says you so you have to really love the word of God. And the word of God has to speak to us day and night as we go to sleep, we wake up in the morning. We have the word of God not acting like so and so said this, so and so said that. It says, What did the word of God say first? And then say and so said this about the word of God. So and so said that about the word of God. I love so and so because he said this about the word of God. So I'm always checking myself that I don't fall into the air of putting somebody in a pedestal. I honor a person of Christ Jesus for their hard work and 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 I and I pray for them that they would be blessed because it's very hard work to be a pastor. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. You you actually stop living your life here and you start living for Christ. Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, you know, just in closing here for what I read, it says here in um, thirty. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Okay? So then, just to clarify, for those of us who believe by faith, uh, it says, So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Okay? So, you know, um, I think, Fernando, you kind of touched on some pastors. They... You know they're preaching, and the script that what we read earlier in the earlier chapters is that let let anyone who changes the gospel be the you know the true gospel be accursed. So, you know you may be going to church, and you wanna you wanna get right with God. You wanna start learning more about God, and here you are being you know beat with by the preacher because of sin, and then but the the new covenant is when Jesus has forgiven you of all your sins. So therefore, you're still condemning yourself, you know, and, um, and you know, instead of putting Jesus on the forefront, the law is being brought to the surface, which is what the enemy wants. The law is being, you know, glorified in the pulpit. And that's what we got to be careful, what, be careful what we hear, you know, and, and, and like you said, go to the word, validate the word, you know, that the word says this and get your revelation you know, of truth from the word, you know, uh, meditate on it, ask the Holy Spirit for, for what does this mean? Question it. So, um, that's, that's one thing. And we have to remember, like, if you're trying to be a law keeper, good luck. Cause if you, when you, in the old covenant, you break one, you break them all. So, uh, I much rather be under the gospel with Jesus and his kingdom come under, under grace. And, um, it's just, I don't have to work for it to, to be forgiven. I am forgiven. I know I'm forgiven because Jesus did the work already for me. I just have to walk on this earth in the good works that he's preparing for me to touch others, to to encourage somebody, to, to uh, you know, teach somebody more about Jesus and who he is, to hopefully be a reflection of Jesus in my actions, you know, to not, not live... Uh, in be of the world but not be in it you know um and so i want to tie this back to the beginning that i read or that you read fernando that's 
um, here under in three, when you started talking about it, um, to me, this is a very, very, like if you take something away from here today, uh, take this away. Um, it says here in number 28, there is neither, oh, I'm sorry, in four. Um, the, uh, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, but that we might receive the adoption as sons. Okay? And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Okay? So since we believe we have the spirit of, of God inside of us, and we can cry out, Abba, Father. Okay? We... We can call him Daddy God, Papa God. Um, and we're no longer a slave, but part of royalty. You know, part of, uh, it says here, uh, but a son, okay? And if a son, it says, then an heir of God through Christ. Okay, I'm an heir. What does an heir do? Your daddy's rich, okay? You inherit. You have an inheritance that comes your way. There's a lot that you receive as an inheritance by the finished work of Jesus. And so, you know, look at yourself as not a, uh, a sinner, uh, but look at yourself as a son of God that you can cry out to your own dad, Abba Father, and, and see him like a daddy. And, um, and expect to have the inheritance. You know, your daddy is not um, a poor God. He's a God of more than enough. He owns everything um, cattle on a thousand hills and so forth so just start picturing yourself hey that's my dad and I'm entitled to you know all that he wants me to have and he wants you to have the good things you know an abundant life uh, an inheritance means you have healing an inheritance means you're well provided for an inheritance means you got peace what else what is, what is it you desire don't limit your God because he's got you got an inheritance. You start tapping into that inheritance and wisdom. <clears throat> wisdom, wisdom to spread the, the gospel of, of, of Jesus to others. And believe me, this world right now is hurting. And we need more, more laborers for this upcoming revival. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, let me go ahead and, and read it and we'll finish it. Let me read it to you in context. Actually, the, the idea of being a son of God starts on... On chapter 3, verse okay. 26, right here it says, I'm reading from you from the NIV, by the way. I switched Bibles. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All sons of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed yes. and heirs according to the promise. Yes. What I am saying in a nutshell is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So he's given us an example of what he, we were under rules and regulations that we couldn't comply anyway. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. 
But now, when the time has fully come, God has sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the fullness, the full rights of his son. There it is, that we might receive the full rights of his son. That is where we celebrate, we get the tambourine, we rejoice in the full victory of Christ Jesus, and we camp there and stay there. That's all I need to be... uh, uh, exercising the victory of Jesus Christ and applying it and, and getting others healed and witnessing uh, that we're not a we're not a sad lot you know Amen. Jesus has changed our hearts into joy that's our testimony Amen. guys the, the the smile and the joy flourishing not trying to keep the law For, I tried keeping the law made me a, a bum person <laughs> Because you were sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Now, I love the way that says that. Because we are sons, God has sent his spirit of Jesus Christ into our hearts in his, through his Holy Spirit. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son... God has made you also an heir. That's the fringe benefits on top of being saved and everything. That, that if we claim something, if we believe and stay still and let God be God, God will fulfill his purpose in our lives. Amen. That's a hard one, to stay still and, and enjoy God. I love it. I love you. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. And now I'm going to turn it over for Anna's last thoughts. Um, I think we covered it all. All right, Um, she says a blessing to you. Thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you have a a remarkable day today. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom. Uh, Singing unto the Lord, the name of Jesus, the Lord told me, the Holy Spirit uh, told me, goes, you're not saying my name enough to make a change in your life, in a nutshell. You're not, the, the words or the sounds of my mouth Changes the molecules around me, and makes and, and makes evil, f- and whatever is not a god flee away, like poverty, sickness, and disease. So that's our added bonus that we can we can get the tambourine and proclaim the name of Jesus throughout the day, singing songs, in melodies, melodies, singing songs and spiritual songs unto the Lord, making war, having it in the background. The good old hymns. I love you. God bless you. May the Lord restore you, keep you, and make his face to shine you and be gracious unto you. Amen. And give them heaven, family. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Reading of the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for giving us your voice, your Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. Open our eyes and our ears to hear what are you saying to the church, Lord. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Anna. And uh... Okay, good morning, everyone. Let's start with the Galatians 1. Greeting, Paul, an apostle not from men nor through man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God 
the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Only one gospel. I marvel that you are turning away too so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of any if for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son to me that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days but I saw none of the other apostles except James the Lord's brother now concerning the things which I write to you indeed before God I do not lie afterward I went into the regions of Syria and Cilica and I was known I, I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but they were hearing only. He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. Would you like to share anything on that chapter? Um, sure. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I like the opening where he's just, you know, he just reiterates that um, he didn't get, um, he's not an apostle by man's, by man's uh, definitions. He is through Jesus Christ the, um, and God the Father who raised him from the dead. 
so I think that's a nice opening to say, he keeps repeating that, that um, the Father raised Christ from the dead there. I like that. Um, and then he talks again in the next, in number three, grace to you and peace from God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He reiterates that. Who gave himself for our sins? He might deliver us from this present age according to the will of our God and Father to be glory. This is a nice opening. Um, who gave himself, Christ who gave himself for our sins. He reiterates what the gospel is all, all about, only to go into that. And he was kind of shocked that they were starting to turn away so soon um, from Jesus, who called them into the grace of Jesus, or of grace of Christ to a different gospel. So something happened. He's writing this letter, and he's marveling at how quickly they turned away from the, the clear gospel. So, um, so he just goes into the next time, and he says, you know, whoever's perverting the gospel, um, whether it be an angel from heaven or whoever, uh, is going to a different gospel of the, what was preached to them originally, let them be accursed. Okay, so we've seen that happening even in today's um, times, you know, where some of the pastors aren't, aren't uh, preaching the right gospel of faith and their church gets shut down or whatever. It just, um, you know, we got to be real Christ-centered when we're preaching or we're teaching and, and keep Jesus at the forefront of, of what when we evangelize with anybody, you know, it's it's the finished work of Jesus that's forgiven people of their sins. They don't have to work for it. Um, it's the grace and the mercy of God who sent His Son that He would deliver us from all the sins, and that we would be called to eternal life. Um, so I like that how he how he uh, gets into that. Yeah, that's a very important point. It seems to be the same uh, problem with First John. 1 through 5. He writes that because people are, they're not keeping it simple, you know, uh, and especially John uh, tackles that problem, and Paul is tackling right here, too. Mm -hmm. On the Passion Translator, it says, it says it like this, I'm shocked over how quickly you have strayed away from the Anointed One mm -hmm. who called you to Himself by His loving mercy. I'm frankly astounded that you now embrace a distorted gospel. That is a fake gospel. That is simply not true. There's only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah. Yet you have allowed those who mingle law with grace to confuse you with lies. Um, and if, if we look back in, in number one, what? Okay, so 111, it says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Okay, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we gotta, you know, what we're doing right now is, is we're, we spend time in the Word, and we are working, you know, the Word, is alive and powerful as the scripture says so what we do is we're we're receiving the word our spirit is feeding and um, 
we get revelation about who Jesus is, right? He's saying, I didn't get it from that person or this person. I got a, a revelation from Jesus directly. It came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, that that's what we got to plan ourselves. You know, it's all about Jesus at the end of the day. Where's Jesus in the mix of our problems? Where's Jesus in the mix that we might receive our healing? And, okay. you know, where's Jesus guiding us, directing us to to better ways of life, right? Amen. What a, what a deal, huh? Directly mm-hmm. from Jesus, mm-hmm. that he's the Messiah, the true mm-hmm. Messiah. Amen, yes. Amen. Okie doke. I really like the uh, verse 24. And they glorified God in me because the miracle was right before them. Here was a converted um, mm-hmm. murderer, killer right. of the church. Persecutor of the church, yeah. And now, look at him. He's preaching the word. He's been mm-hmm. touched. Mm-hmm. So it, it it gives him more encouragement is to uh, keep praising God. And then the delivery, mm-hmm. the delivery message, just amazing. And I imagine, like he says, it must have been a hard transition for him right that um he was doing this persecuting the church and now he's preaching the gospel that he was persecuting so it is a little bit tough i'm pretty sure in that time as it might be in this time when you see somebody who is so lost that maybe they were imprisoned for doing something but now they found god in the process and it's hard for man to believe hey you've changed your ways or you you know, they, they're still thinking in the terms of the natural ways that a man saves himself or whatever. Not necessarily that God has touched, that they've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit or with God in order to um, to make those changes in their lives, right? It's, it's People are doubters, right? So that's a very good point there is that, you know, it must have been a tough transition after being, being viewed as a... Uh, um, a persecutor of the church. They trusted him. Yes. Okay, then after 14 years, now we move on to chapter 2. I'll go ahead and read. Okay. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation. And communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in to stealth to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus and they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seemed to be something, to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship of the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. 
And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of the fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles, and they go to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. But when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, but for, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law that I may live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Wow, powerful. Ahead, would you please comment on that? Yeah, powerful ending there. Um, let's see, where does it kind of start? It says, in maybe in 15a, it says, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith. Okay, so that's how we're justified. We are justified by faith, not because we're obeying the law um, it's our faith that comes through Jesus Christ uh, it says even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified so you can do all you want to try to obey those commandments you're not gonna you're, you're gonna fail at one you're gonna fail at all of them um, so I just want to reiterate that's how we get saved is by believing and putting our faith in Christ that he died that we would have eternal life and that he would forgive us of all our sins and that you know any uh, mistakes that we've made we've been forgiven that we that he his finished work 
um, accomplished it all for us. We gotta we gotta position ourselves uh, as right a righteous people already. You know, we don't have to work to earn that righteousness. Um, I like, uh, you know, uh, Chris K. I'm over here where it says, I live, okay, number 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Okay, so we're going by faith here. Um, uh, faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, I do not set aside the grace of God. Okay, so we've got to run with the, you know, it's God's grace that we've been saved. For if righteousness comes through the law, then why... You know, if, if I'm to obey a law and that's how I think I'm getting eternal life, then why did Jesus die on the cross for you? When I was going to um, to catechism year after year for I don't know how many years, eight years, um, and the one thing in, Catholic, in the Catholic Church taught me, I walked away with one thing, the most important thing. Christ died on the cross for, on the, for my sins. And that's what I took away. It wasn't, you know, praying Hail Mary, whatever. They, although they did have us memorize that, that was not what imprinted in my my spirit. My spirit said, Jesus died for me on the cross to forgive me of my sins. Now, what I didn't know is all the extra details that come along with it by faith and and how you know the righteousness I'm made righteous already, and that. You know, all the good things and the inheritance, the blessings that come with that. So that's what I've been learning these past 15 years. Is that, you know, healing's available, provision's available, peace is available, um, wisdom is available for circumstances. And that, that to me right there says a lot in this chapter is that I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. He that's saying you didn't do the work. If you're trying to get your own righteousness on your own by doing this and doing that, obeying this and that, and um, you know, praying and fasting for hours every day, thinking that's what's going to get you to heaven, that's not how it's done. That's a works mindset, you know. And, and always keeping your your a self-righteous. Oh, you know, I can do this on my own. I can get through it on my own. That's you trying to carry the load on your own down here on the earth. And believe me, the load gets pretty heavy. So, love it. Very good. I don't, all I wanted to add is, uh, I think Paul is like preaching to the, to the Catholics and they're getting saved like crazy. And Peter had a harder task preaching to the stubborn... Um, teachers of the law to the circumcised. Yeah, I, I, good. I'm glad you're touching on that. That was, uh, you know, try to change somebody's, it's easier to change someone that hasn't learned, that has admiration for the Jewish people like the Gentiles when Paul, a Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees that had authority in the church and then come to the Gentiles and start to talk to them. Mm-hmm. They will pay, pay attention, mm-hmm. and he did. You know, he he brought them into the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. 
and by the drawer. And, and then now he's telling them, hey, you guys got to stick to, to easy does it or simplicity. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, died for you. You don't have to do anything else. But just learn, keep learning about Jesus and do good works. And you notice how he was giving to the poor. So these guys had resources like you can't believe. They were very, very suitable and very rich. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's point was to give to the poor. Uh-huh. So there were good works to... Uh-huh. Um, you know, they didn't say, well, you didn't work. I'm not going to give you any food. No, no they, they gave to the poor. All right, baby, go ahead. Read the... Yeah, uh, one thing pointing about this circumcised thing and Peter and and, and about the fact that he was... Um, let's see, Peter had um, was refusing to eat with the Gentiles right over here in this... Starting in 11, Paul called him out on that, right? Um, well, what was Peter's excuse? And the reason I did it is I was trying to get him saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, it's good. Maybe a little bit more studying that. Just uh, in, the, in here, in the... Um, a little commentary here that says... Paul confronted Peter because refusing to eat with the Gentiles contradicted what Peter had long since recognized, that the gospel was for the Gentiles too. He was refusing to eat with them. Yeah, but he was, yeah, I don't know. That's. It says that Peter went to the Jewish people, but the, the principle was that we're born through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, let's move on. Okay, number uh, chapter 3, justification by faith. O, o foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you really see the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many are as of the works of the law are under the curse. For it's written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. To do to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. 
but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet... If it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and the seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law which was for hundred and thirty years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect for if the inheritance is of the law it is no longer the promise of God but God gave it to Abraham by promise what purpose then does the law serve it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for only one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have been life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus, in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor, hmm, interesting, to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith, but after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. Wow, that's a good way to look at it. Thank you, Lord. Okay. And so, for you are all sons of God through faith to in Christ Jesus, for as many of you are... So as, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Good job. Mm, very good. That's a... Uh... I'm going to go ahead and read the same chapter um, in the uh, Passion. Passion Translation. But I'm going to start, move it up to um, verse 6. Abraham, our father of faith, led the way as our pioneer and example. He believed God and the substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. 
so that those who are the true children of Abraham will have the same faith as their father. God's plan all along was to bring this message of salvation to the nations through the revelation of faith. Long ago, God prophesied over Abraham as the Holy Scriptures say, through your example of faith, all the nations will be blessed. And so the blessings of Abraham's faith is now our blessings too. But if you choose to live in bondage under the legalistic rule of religion, you'll live under the law's curse, for it is clearly written, utterly curses everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in this law. For the scriptures reveal, and it is obvious, that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law, for it is written, Those who have been made holy will live by faith. By keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches, if you practice the principles of law, you must follow all of them. Yes, Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. And for it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing, dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. Beloved friends, let me use an illustration that we all can understand. Technically, when a contract is signed, it can't be changed after it has been put into effect. It's too late to alter the agreement. Remember the Royal Proclamation. God spoke over Abraham and to Abraham's child. God said that his promises were made to pass on to Abraham's child, not children. And who is this child? It is the son of promise, Jesus, the anointed Messiah. This means that the covenant between God and Abraham was fulfilled in Messiah and cannot be altered. Yet the written law was not even given to Moses until 430 years later, after God had signed his contract with Abraham. The law then doesn't supersede the promise, since the royal proclamation was given before the law. If that were the case, it would have nullified what God said to Abraham, we receive all the promises because of the promised one, not because we keep the law. Why then was the law given? It was meant to be an intermediary agreement added after God gave the promise of the coming one. It was given to show men how guilty they are, and it remained in force until the seed was born to fulfill the promise given to Abraham. When God gave the law, he didn't give it to them directly, for he gave it first to the angels They gave it to Moses, his mediator, who then gave it to the people. Now, a mediator does not represent just one party alone, but God fulfilled it all by himself. Since that's true, should we consider the written law to be contrary to the promise of new new life? How observe, 
truly if there was a law that we could keep which would give us new life then our salvation would have come by law keeping but the scripture makes it clear that since we were all under the power of sin we needed Jesus and he is the savior who brings the promise to those who believe so until the revelation of Jesus for salvation was released the law was a jailer holding us in prison as prisoners under lock and key until the faith which was destined to be revealed would set us free the law became a gateway to lead us to the messiah so that he would be saved we would be saved by faith but when faith comes the law is no longer enforced since we have already entered into life You have all become true children of God by the faith of Jesus the anointed one. It was faith that immersed you into Jesus the anointed one, and now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. And we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through our union with Jesus Christ with no distinction between us. And since you've been united to Jesus the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child and inherited all the promises of the kingdom realm. Amen. Amen. So that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Anything to add on that? Um, a lot of people, you know, when you're reading the word, they might say, well, oh, I'm under grace now, right? And, you know, they, they might try to make grace seem like a light thing. Like, oh, I don't have to be this and that anymore. You know, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that Jesus came and as a sacrifice for us for our sins to be forgiven but that the law served a purpose to teach us a little bit about you know how to to it identified sin yeah identified it to bring us to the end of ourselves but um when you're under jesus's kingdom you know people get afraid oh you're giving a license to sin because you know you're going by faith and you're not obeying the law right but uh, that is is further from the truth in that when you're when you're following Jesus and, and you you have a revelation of him you're you want to stop you want to stop doing the wrong thing you know we that's not to say we're not going to struggle and make mistakes it just says that you know you're you're you know what does it say in second Corinthians 5 17 it says that you the old man is passed away the new the new man is coming forth you know you're a new creation now right you're born again you're new you're made brand new so that old man should be kicked to the curb and your new man rises up and you you know you you learn more about christ and his ways and you know you you want to do um you know you want to be more like him because you're made in his image but you know, that doesn't say, oh, go off and, you know, I'll go, I'm forgiven, so now I'm going to go off and, you know, be in the club every night drinking alcohol, you know, until I'm drunk sort of thing, you know. 
or hey I can just do what I want that's not what it's saying it says that you know, we're we're um, we're an heir now an heir to the kingdom of the finished work of Christ we've become sons sons and daughters you know we cry out Abba Father the way it says in the in the scriptures I think in Hebrew but you know we're not we're not we're no longer uh, oh it does say that here it says uh, and because you're sons Oh, that's in number four, <laughs> the Abba Father part. <laughs> like jumping around here. Mm, okay, right. so by faith we've been saved. So uh, it's beautiful because the two things I got out of this is that we're all one, and we're we're all in union and with one, you know, male or female, rich or poor, non-Jew, Jew, and we've experienced that when you talk to white people, black people. Someone who was born again, we're just like, you can feel it in your heart that you're a child of God and I'm a child of God, and there we're just we're just in it to to love God and to appreciate the gift of the Holy Spirit that He's infused us with, you know, um, and we're stronger together as the body of Christ. We're stronger because, you know, there's no uh, bickering or anything. We just just pure body of Christ getting together and enjoying the uh, the kingdom realm, the promises of the kingdom realm. Amen. So they're all yes and amen. All right, let's go ahead and move on to, this, to the fourth, uh, if you like, or are we going to take a break right here and we'll do, we're halfway of the book. So let's go ahead and recharge our batteries. Yeah. Thank you, Heavenly Father, God, for your word. Seal it, Lord. Seal the kingdom all the blessings of the Lord are yes and amen. Thank you, Father, for that we are in Christ Jesus through Abraham's faith. And we have faith and love to receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.